Hey, good day, everybody, and welcome to this exciting episode, episode 172 of Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Today, we catch up with Roger Bazanis in Ventura, California, by phone, that is. Roger is an author, a researcher, formulator, healthcare pioneer. He is an educator and is known the world over for his whole food, raw foodism movement. We have an amazing discussion about the fact of the matter is you are choosing to poison yourself and that poisoning is a choice. So we touch on several different topics today in this episode of Total Wellness Radio. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Roger Bazanis. Good day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in again to Total Wellness Radio and making us a part of your day. We super appreciate it. This is episode 172. And today I have a friend of mine. We've known each other for well over 10 years. He's from Ventura, California. Roger, are you on the line with me okay? I am there. I'm here there too. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You know, you've, you've got an extensive background as an author, a researcher, formulator, healthcare pioneer. I have an amazing amount of, uh, of respect for the level of work and contribution that you have made uh, going on the last 30 years in the industry. Uh, I've done your continuing education co- courses myself as my own uh, continuing education needs are, are met on, a, on an annual basis. Uh, Love your, uh, I just love what you're doing, and you know, you and I could talk. I'm certain for days on oh, these yeah. on these things, but I want to kind of take a real focus and just just for our listeners to kind of kick the conversation off. I'd love for you just to take a few minutes and explain, you know, what was the catalyst or the thing that placed you on a path in uh, in natural health and the things that you're doing today. Well, basically, it was you know healing myself, discovering what it took to do that. And upon doing that, you know, I, I started sharing the same information with my docs and, and other practitioners out there and, and public. And that one thing built upon the other until eventually here we are today. And, you know, there's an entire company that's built on helping people across the country, across the world, get themselves healthy and led to my books led to my picture books, led to charts, led to DVDs, uh, led to Twitter where there's 500,000 people a day hanging on my every word as I educate. I took Twitter and turned it into a lecture platform versus uh-huh. I'm walking my dog today and having coffee. So, yeah, I, I, I take every opportunity to educate. And, uh, and, and people need it because, you know, we're not learning – anything about health anymore in school in, in high school right. it's been eradicated years ago health classes and health education so literally people are learning based on word of mouth what they see in the net and what they see in the net and what they see in advertising is to sell something yeah. and it's not based on truth yeah. it's uh, it's horrible out there yeah, anyway so that's uh, basically the springboard that led me to where I am today what do you find to be the most exciting aspect of what you're doing? Because I know that spreading the word, spreading truth, the educational experience that you're creating for people is absolutely mind-blowing, and people really need to plug into it. What, what, for you personally, what's that most exciting piece of the career today? Well, changing minds, changing lives, uh, that's really it. And, and the ancillary to that is watching the decline of big medicine. 
and based mm-hmm. on uh, uh, Kaiser Foundation in 2008, they gave us a reduced number based, uh, as far as their, the annual income of big medicine in this country. And they came up with a number of $2.8 trillion. That's really low. Yeah. But that's what they said in 2008. It was probably close to 15, 18, 20 trillion dollars. It's, it's, it's astronomical. But the point of me bringing that up is that it's been going down steadily ever since. Yes. And the best estimation last year, 2018, was that they earned somewhere in the vicinity of 700 billion with a B. Not trillion with a T, billion with a B. So they're in trouble. They're yeah. uh, they're trying to make money everywhere, which way they can. Yep. You may have noticed that measles has reared its ugly head again. Well, guess what? It hasn't. But no. if they can flood the news with it yep. and get us worried about it, then we start thinking about vaccines, yep. and that sells drugs. Yep. So... Every time we hear a news story and it involves medicine, there's a purpose behind it. And it's, if it's, unless they're deriding the, uh, the industry, which they're usually not, they're actually trying to sell something. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. one of the things that I use in my lectures as well, and I know that you've referenced this, I've heard you say it time and time again, is that you know, when you can't expand your, your, your client base for the products that you're selling, then you have to expand the age limits or the number you have to manipulate the numbers within so you can sell more for example the you know total cholesterol being 320 some years ago today it's 200 we'll look at all the increased dosing they can do now when they've eradicated supposedly a third of the problem yet cardiac and heart attack and stroke incidences have tripled since they lowered that number so that really didn't do any good except for the people making the drugs and the people prescribing them yeah, suddenly more people need them. And if you didn't know this, I think it was three years ago, the age range to check, uh, start checking for cholesterol problems is now 12 years old. Yep. So they're getting 6th graders and 7th graders. Yes. And given the horrible diets they're getting, lack of exercise and the rest, and they've lowered the standards, well, here's the interesting thing that nobody bothers mentioning, Dan. This is just phenomenal. Okay, so what's the purpose of cholesterol? The body makes cholesterol a number of different ways from the liver yep. to you name it, it makes it. Yep. Okay, but what is its purpose? When we see it on the on the veins, coating the veins, what's it doing there? Is it is it something we should be terrified of? Well, here's why it's there. It's there protecting the veins from the acidic blood, from the horrible diet and habits we've had and the drugs and whatever else. So it's there to protect the veins so they don't burn, so they don't become brittle and break. Yep. So it's there providing a, a, a bulletproof vest against danger. Well, doctors, well, MDs don't care about that, don't know about that. So what do they say? They see that problem. They say, well, that's a problem with cholesterol. We have to get rid of the cholesterol. So they get rid of the cholesterol. They reduce the cholesterol. The body's trying to make more to protect itself. Yep. They're reducing it. And so the body's weakening. So this is the big medicine conundrum. Yes. It's, you know, they don't see the big picture. They have, as you know, they have specialties. They see this, that, this, that, and this. And those different areas are all treating separately with different drugs and different protocols that have, that have an effect over the entire body, not just on the knee, not just on the veins, not just on the heart. 
the idea of holistic healing and holistic medicine is something completely absent and abhorrent if they do acknowledge it to big medicine. They don't want to look that way. They want to look at specialties. Mm -hmm. So it makes more money. So when you go to the garage and be or a car mechanic, you'd be if it was like this, you'd have your tire guy, which you do, your muffler guy, which you do, but you'd have your carburetor shop, and then you'd have your manifold shop, and, then, and you get what I'm saying. Yes. So it would be completely fragmenting the way we heal and work with anything, which is what they're trying to do. And uh, specialties is another way of looking at specialties is just study the word insanity, and you got it right. That a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And you know what the thing is too, and. The, you talk about specialties in the area of modern healthcare and its inability to uh, really restore any kind of performance or health to people regarding chronic concerns. You brought to my attention a concern regarding a, a phenomenon, a fairly new phenomenon that has developed amongst youngsters. Um, and this is also along that specialty item list, but it's also it's a it's along the flip side of, of the coin, which is the specialty type of illnesses that we are creating for ourselves. Can you expound on this for us, please? Well, what Dan is hinting at is this thing called vaping. Vaping, V-A-P-I-N-G. It stands for vaporizing, and it's done with a vaporizing device, which is basically, and it's not basically, it is absolutely 21st century smoking. What the heck am I talking about? Well, it's simply this. Big tobacco after World War II exploded. It did. I'm not going to go into all the whys and wherefores prior because that's an hour conversation itself mm -hmm. or a lecture itself. But in, here's what happened. Here's some, uh, some uh, watershed numbers or events. In 1960, 87% of Americans had TVs. That was the same year that Big Tobacco decided they're going to advertise on TV. Well, 20% of Americans smoked in 1960. By 1964, the number was up to 42%. That was when uh, uh, Terry, the, uh, the Surgeon General, Luther Terry of the United States, he came out with smoking and health. And that was the beginning of the end for big tobacco. They mm -hmm. were starting to be reduced. And by mm -hmm. the 90s, 2000s, you couldn't go anywhere to smoke. Yep. So their exit strategy started in 64. Actually, it started in 63 with a guy named Herbert Terry, who, or Her Herbert Gilbert, excuse me, who came out with a smokeless cigarette. It was an early vaporizing device. They bought up the patent, let him sell. Well, this goes on. This goes on. Now they're shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. They're getting sued left and right. They're looking for an exit strategy. They gave the information to Han Light, no joke, that's really his name, in China. And in 2000, no, that was his name. He invented the first smoking or uh, vaporizing device, personal vaporizing device, cigarette. And that was the beginning of them building the vaping industry. Well, how well have they done? If you want to sell anything, you find the youngest public because yep. they're going to be your longest-standing customers. Yep. So they built a company called Juul, which is out of San Francisco, and uh, they built in the U.K. first, tested, it worked over there. Anyway, one of the many things they did, they built Juul. Juul started in 2017. They built a vaping device that looked like a USB thumb drive, 
intentionally a USB thumb drive about two inches long, maybe two and a half, and you can't tell them apart, except it fits, it fits in a USB thumb drive hole on your computer, your car, whatever, and heats up, and then you can vaporize and suck down sweet flavors and bubblegum flavors and this and that, and then this amazing statement was made. It mm. stuck, and the kids repeated it. Oh, it's just harmless water vapor. No, it's 500 degrees heated, burnt oils and and various structures and and everything from uh, ethylene glycol to glycine to nicotine, and that's that's in almost every device. Mm. So why is this important? Because currently, well, it was that a few weeks ago, it was 78% of high school seniors are addicted to vaping. Now, that's not a big deal if that was the only group doing it, but no, middle schoolers, 46%. Kindergartners are being found vaping now. You're this kidding. Is, no, no, I'm not. And in Montana and Wyoming, their uh, uh, parents are seeing it's more like 96% of seniors are vaping. But this doesn't mean the other underclassmen aren't. They are. So here's how what this means to us. This is 21st century smoking. This is leading to strokes, heart attacks, brain tumors, cancers, left and right, fibromyalgia, call it what you want to call it. It's just disease. And they came up with a new term called, what is it, uh, acute, fire, acute flaccid myelitis. Acute flaccid myelitis. It's a stroke that only affects teenagers. Oddly enough, teenagers who vape. Well, so when an adult has a stroke, it's called a stroke. But teenagers, now they have a new name. So all of this is projected to create a 20-something in five to seven years, a 20-something age range. You know, those that have graduated high school still addicted and doing vaping. Mm-hmm. Well, that will be the sickest demographic in society today. Yep. Octogenarians have nothing on them. Not a genarian, the 90-year-olds, nothing on them. I mean, there will not be a group that is sicker than this. Why isn't the AMA stopping this? Why isn't the FDA saying something? Why isn't there any support to kill this thing? Because big medicine needs money. This is fascinating. This is where we started the conversation, Dan. Yes. This is big medicine needing money, and this is why they're not stopping it. They don't want to stop it. They want the money. Mm -hmm. But it's also an eradication of mankind because these kids are not projected to make age 35. Is this part of the, is this part of the number, excuse me, uh, Roger, is this part of the numbers where the, the, there's, there's some studies and I think there's a correlation with what you're, what you're talking about that I've, I've kind of backdoor come in on some of this coattail discussion and that the geneticists and gerontologists, the longevity specialists are talking now about... Uh, future generations, uh, the, we're going to start seeing the bell curve start to diminish again in that we're going to have parents outlive their children. Well, actually, I can give you something to that. It's currently happening. Yes. It's been happening for, what is it now, about six years. Mm-hmm. And it's increasing. Now, mm-hmm. what's really funny about that bell curve and the trend is that this is when vaping became prominent. Yes. Now, here's the fascinating thing. Uh, Juul came into existence and really captured teenagers in 2017. From that point forward, 
70, there's been a 73% spike in teen uh, strokes across the country. Now, amazingly, teenagers vape in this country, you rarely see adults do it. Not that they don't do it, but you don't see it very rarely. Yes. Uh, so in the UK and Europe, you're seeing nine out of 10 adults vaping. Wow. Now, why is this interesting? interesting? And why would I have even known that? It's because of this. I'm on Twitter, as I mentioned, and I turned it into a lecture forum. Well, I've been burying uh, vaping, and they've been losing, and now they're being attacked, and 10 senators are, are calling them to answer questions in New York or in, in Washington. No joke, they are. Mm -hmm. uh, the DOJ, Department of Justice, is looking at them. Oh, they're getting investigated left and right. They're in trouble. This is good. Well, this has all been of interest of me uh, of mine since November, October, and this has all been hitting them hard. Well, I've been hitting it hard on Twitter. Sure. Well, I can't understand why I'm not getting more hate mail from the United States. I mean, death threats and the rest. Oh, I'm not. But in the UK and Europe, I'm mm. getting them every day. Why? Because that's where it started. They started mm. aiming it at adults over there, okay. and it's probably a $400 billion business over here. It's over there. Here, it's about a $250 billion business with Juul making about $181 billion of that. Wow. No joke. Funded wow. by Big Tobacco. So it's just still catching on over here. Yeah. Over there, it's entrenched. Oh, by the way, one more thing, and I believe I can talk for hours. Over there, they're absolutely nuts. They have a squeeze device that blows bubbles. And it's called Baby's First Vape. What? For babies. Yeah. It blows bubbles so babies can learn to vape in the crib. They have VitaVape and other products like it that are vitamins and minerals that you smoke with nicotine. And, of course, they become toxic because you can't smoke vitamins. So, <laughs> and they show in the ads kids smoking, six-year-olds smoking vitamins. It's like, what are they doing? In, oh in, in the UK and Europe, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Oh so, yeah, this has got to be stopped. This has got to be stopped. Where does so, the term popcorn lung come from? Oh, that's great. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, where did you get these great questions? Okay, so popcorn, <laughs> popcorn lung. There was a guy, I don't know his name, but the next time I ask this, I will have it. Uh, he was he was a uh, an avid fan of, of uh, microwave popcorn. He just loved the stuff, and he's been eating it for years. And he he gets cancer, and so he goes to his lawyer. And I don't know how he came up with this, but he said, "I believe that the vapor from my popcorn has caused my lungs to degenerate." Well, what he's noticing is it's degenerative lung disease. You can call it anything you want. That's now called popcorn lung. It just means your lungs are eroding. Uh -huh. Well, here's what I want you to think with. This, and so that's where it came from. He won the case. He beat Orville Redenbacher or whoever it was. And sorry, Orville Redenbacher, if it wasn't yeah. you. <laughs> but anyway, he beat whoever it was. And uh, what a ridiculous amount of money. But here's what I want you to think about, Dan. You think about what this conversation has been about. It's been about the lungs. Yes. Well, what do we do every 6 to 12 times a minute? And if we're under stress, 20 times a minute. What do we do? We're doing it right now. Yes. Respiration. Respiration. Yes. Exactly absolutely. right. So I don't care what avenue we're looking at fixing. 
the way the body gets its oxygen, gets its air, is through the lungs, directly from the lungs into the blood. That's it. That's yep. how it works. Yep. It's a filtering system. So everything we're around, Dan, you there in your studio, your carpeting, the paper, everything is outgassing. It's deteriorating. It's breaking up. So you have paper in your lungs right now. Yep. So do I. I'm around it, too. Yep. Carpeting. We're, whatever we're around, we're ingesting. Yep. So if you think about it, really think of the root of the problem. We have to handle the lungs first. Yes, we're going to handle liver and the kidney and the rest. But think lungs first. It's got to be there. Because if it's not, we're missing. And when we repair the lungs, we start to repair the rest of the body. So, yeah, that's why this is an absolute attack on mankind. Mm. We're looking at an extinction event. No mm -hmm. kidding. Mm -hmm. If this goes on, mankind changes. There's very few of this in 25, 30 years. I'm not exaggerating right. one bit. So what is the best way for our listeners to plug into and get educated and get away from this stuff as quickly as possible? And by the way, and by the way, if you have a, a couple of tips for improving the air quality around their home if they're not vaping, because you touched on that as well, and that's very true. Oh, well, this is great. So let me go off on another story tangent. I like that, a story tangent. Yes. Okay, so I was speaking to a woman. I do this a lot, uh, more than women. Yeah, men too. Anyway, speaking to a woman who suddenly had horrible lung issues and had immune system challenges, and I said, so what changed? Well, it, it, it all started about two weeks ago. Well, what day? I think it was on a Friday. And what happened on a Friday? And I had her tell me, and it turned out her husband had closed up the house. Tight, tighter than a drum. Now mm. think this over. What do we do during winter? Mm -hmm. We start to get sick because it's cold outside, and we think it has to do with the cold. Yep. In, in, an, in an indirect way, that's true. Yes. But here's what's really happened. When it's cold, we shut up the windows, we shut the doors, we seal any drafts, we turn on the heat, but what, what we've really done is closed everything in. So everything in that was toxic before now can't get out. There's no windows. There's no breathing in the house other than you and me or us. Right. So now we're concentrating and ingesting more toxicity. That's yes. one thing you can do right away. Open your windows. And really, open your windows, get an air filter, get an Austin Air, get an Alpine, get something, yes. and keep it in your bedroom, have one in your living room. Oh, this is scary what I'm about to say. Everyone's going to faint when I tell you this. If you faint, I'll keep talking until you come back, Dan. <laughs> okay. The number one killer of bakers on earth is what you might be guessing, baker's lung. Yeah. I didn't know this. I said, wait a minute, if all this is true on the lungs, the bakers have to be affected because they're cooking chemicals. Oh, no. Looked it up. There it was. Number one killer of chefs, chef's lung. Bakers, baker's lung. So you just change the profession and plug it in and put it in the kitchen or in auto mechanics. Yes. So it would be uh, exhaust lung. Okay, what if you're working with a fog machine? Fog machine lung. You know when people vape and they get these big clouds of white vapor? That's ethylene glycol or glycerin. Well, stagehands and performers who work with a fog machine producing white smoke, they get vaping, no, not vaping, they get a fog machine lung. No kidding. Wow. So again,
again, if you if you're not getting the importance of the lungs, if you're listening to this, listen to it again because yes. this is vital information. Yes. It's what we've got to think with. Handle the lungs, clean up the lungs, yep. and treat them like they're golden because they are. Yes. Well, I haven't met anybody that can live without them both already. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. They're not breathing through their eyelids. <laughs> no, they're not. No, nor their skin or their ears. Yes. So, yes, yes. You're, you're all you're 100 true there. So, you mentioned about you know having impact on over 500,000 followers on Twitter. You know, worldwide, uh, people are listening uh -huh. to what you have to share on this. How? What other things are you doing in terms of focusing on education, products, services? Uh, website, webinars, I mean, what else? Are, how how okay. can our listeners plug into you, Roger? That's what I really well, want to find out. Well, they can out. do it a few ways. Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Roger Bazanis, B-E-Z, like zebra, A-N-I-S, like Sam. Uh, follow me on Twitter, plug in, find me. Uh, they can attend my seminars. I'll be in Vegas in August doing four seminars, and I'm doing a fifth one on vaping. I should have been doing them all on vaping now. Wow. But, uh, so you can find me that way. You can email me at my name, rogerbazanis at AOL.com. Uh, you can go to my website, which sadly, my website has been dead now. We can't break his code, so I have to build a new website. <laughs> but it's no. the same name, Roger Bazanis. And you can look at books and so forth. And, and honestly, I'm saying you can actually call me. I talk to people. Yeah. Not just you, Dan. I yeah. talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's education. Uh, there's books. I have three uh, what's called picture books on vaping. There's about to be a fourth one and more. And literally, my job is to bring people up to understanding so they can make a choice about what they want to do. Yeah. And logically, the choice is to change. Mm -hmm. So... They can plug into me many different ways, and I encourage them just, if they're ready, do it. If they're not, right. maybe that day will come. Right. But in the meantime, those that are saying, this makes sense to me and I want to do something, then go ahead, find me. Just it's my name, rogerbazanis, AOL.com, rogerbazanis.com, whatever. You'll find me, and yeah. then when you find my phone number, and I could give it out now if you want, yeah, call please me, do. and I'll be happy to help. What? Yeah, please do, absolutely. All right, fine. Talk me into it. Uh, my office number is 805-653-5448. No, that's not the line you're on, Dan. That's one number. Another number is 800-952-7873. I even do coaching, so I'll be happy to help. If people want help, there's help. Yes. It's just deciding that it's time, and, and it's funny deciding about time. The thing that makes people decide is fear of worsening and pain. So it's pain and fear of worsening. When there's enough, we either change, or sadly, the other option is we die. Yep. So if you're not dead, well, if you are dead, you're probably not listening. Correct. So if you're not dead, that means everybody listening, and you're ready it makes sense. You've got these problems. You've got a teenager. They're vaping. Whatever it might be, you want some help. Reach out because it just takes that. Yeah. And I work with people every day. So I and I'll be happy to it. And I and I'm going to 103. I'll be 59 this year, so I'm going to 100, 103. So if you're a little late in getting there, you got 50 some years to go. Well, there I don't know. That's 50. Whatever it is, you got some time. <laughs> so if it's not soon, it can be a little later. 
What are some of your other goals and uh, aspirations for the future, Roger? I mean, you're, you're an exceptional educator. I've always enjoyed your talks, and the, and the literature that you produce is top-notch to support the educational piece that you deliver to people. What other things you got going on for the future? Anything you can kind of give us a, give us a highlight to? Um, well, I'll be sleeping. Uh, <laughs> well, I hate to be a, a one-trick pony, but I can't see anything more important than helping mankind and healing the planet. I just can't. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go off and do some movies, but that wouldn't help anybody heal. So, no, it's my job, my life uh, is, is devoted to this. I'm up at 3.50 a.m., every morning in California. Why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, because I'm communicating to the East Coast in Europe at that hour. Yes. And I and I want them to receive it before they go to bed. So, yeah, I mean, I'm devoted to this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, if you ask me to list off, I'm just going to list off more of the same. Seminars, coaching, one-on-ones. Uh, -on uh, oh, I may be going to Scotland soon and, and teaching over there. But no, it's it's. This is my life. I, I yeah. I'm not going to be making cupcakes anytime soon. Good so. for you. <laughs> that's awesome. Roger, as we well, get ready it. to wind this up, my friend, tell me what is the number one thing you want to make certain our listeners know. Hmm. That's a good question. What do I want them to know? Well, that they can heal. In other words, if their doctor is saying to them, their MD is saying. You know, you've got blankety, 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 blank. And you should be on this drug, that drug, this drug, that drug, and we should give you surgery. Well, the funny thing is, when we have surgery, it leads to more surgery. I've yes. never seen a surgery that didn't. Yep. Uh, and when we get on drugs, unless we quit, they will lead to more drugs. So if, if the, here's what I like to say. If the, if the answer is drugs and surgery... We probably asked the wrong question. Yeah. So, I mean, really, there's nothing more to it than that. I mean, uh, you know, here, here's another little tidbit since I'm full of them. Most people who experience arthritis, in fact, all people who experience arthritis, you know, their knees hurt, their ankles hurt, their joints hurt, their fingers, their elbows, the whatever, it hurts. Well, guess what? Almost all of that... Almost every bit of that is actually a kidney symptom. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, is when we improve kidney function, either by herbals or changing the diet or getting rid of the drugs, drinking more water, a variety mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. Food, food, mm -hmm. of course, food. Yeah. For example, the kidney's favorite food are grapes. I'm working with a guy right now, about two hours ago. Uh, he, was ha he was having trouble with his prostate and a lot of other trouble. And he's been eating grapes now, a pound a day for three days, and he's actually able to pee a stronger stream now. And if you ever had any prostate issues, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So it, it dribbles. Anyway, uh, so he's been far better. His pain is down all over his body. Did he change anything other than eating grapes? No. No, he wasn't doing a lot wrong before. Yeah. So he's drinking more water and eating grapes. I mean, he's using nature. Yes. So if we use what's available to us, versus following the, the sales pitch that we get off TV and our doctors, we can heal. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just pound, or adding on, heaping on, and we will continue to get worse. Yeah. And that's just the way that is. Yeah. Now, some people don't want to hear that, and they're probably not listening. So yes. those that can hear that can decide what they want to do next. Yeah. And it, there's real no, really no wrong avenue. You can exercise and get healthy. 
You can drink more water and get healthier. Yeah. You can change your diet and, and get healthy. Yeah. You can do herbals. You can do all the above. So it, it's not, there's no right or wrong way to do it other than poison yourself. Mm-hmm. And if we're eating junk food and taking meds, we're poisoning ourselves. Yeah, 100%. I hope that would be, yeah. Was that well, helpful? Did that give you what you wanted to hear there? Absolutely. And I know people that listen to the, the podcast need to hear exactly those words. They're, they don't have to be harmed to be healed. No. It's ridiculous. No. It's absolutely true. All right, I'll tell you something I wasn't going to tell you. I, I, I've never mentioned this on any kind of a broadcast, and I cannot mention the doctor's name. But I will say there is a there is at least one dentist out there who is showing people this is going to be insane to you dan it's insane to anyone who hears it but i know it's true because i've spoken to the patients hundreds Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. he doesn't drill this dentist he doesn't poke he doesn't prod he doesn't x-ray he doesn't cap he doesn't fill what does he do he shows people how they can clean their teeth with the water pick change their diet get on some herbals Mm -hmm. and their teeth grow back isn't that Not, I mean, if, they've been, if they're completely gone, they don't. But if there's something left, it may take two years, three years, but they take before and after pictures, and I've seen them. It's true. Yep. Teeth actually do grow back, just like your pancreas, your gallbladder. If it's cut out, it'll grow back. But who thought teeth would? Right. So if we expand on this and put someone in the perfect environment, perfect diet, which is probably impossible on Earth, who knows? Maybe it's possible. And we've thought about it since we we're kids. Hey, cut off a hand and grow a hand back. Well, maybe, because who thought teeth would grow back? Exactly. Exactly. That's 100% true. I mean, that, this, yeah, this guy has a waiting list to see him, and I can't mention his, mention his name, and I won't, even if you call me. Uh, he wants privacy. Sure. He has a waiting list of three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, other dentists who hear this would be livid, and I know. I've mentioned it to some, and they are. Yep. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. It, what, how we can heal the body, it, it's, it's all there. All the parts are there. Yeah, well, we the blueprint, just because the, just because the tissue's gone, the blueprint still remains. That's true. Well, here's the thing. I haven't heard that anybody had all their teeth taken out and they grew back. Now, I don't know that that hasn't happened. But I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe that has happened. I don't know. But I will say this. That I, you know, I have a teeth analysis chart, a tongue analysis chart, a finger chart. I've got charts up the wazoo that I built from the ground up, including my face reading chart that was my first chart. Mm-hmm. And on the teeth chart, it's clear that even if the teeth are missing, the meridians are still there. Yep. So the body is still conducting business, except it doesn't have the teeth to help. Yep. Hundred percent true. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you, you're possibly, yeah, I guess you're probably right. It may be just a longer road to hoe, but you're right. Teeth probably do grow back, even if they've been yanked out. The body's trying to put them in, back in place. You're right. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. The blueprint and the nervous system are there. They've never gone away. I mean, we've all heard of people that lost an arm and they have phantom pains to their fingers. And the arm exactly is gone. Exactly right. The yeah. arm is gone. So we know we know that uh, from uh, from the basis of how our bodies were created, just because the tissue is gone, the blueprint has never, never changed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So all we have to do is keep it intact as best we can. Yes. And then remember that, you know, poisoning is a choice. 100%. If we do it, yeah, I mean, and we don't have to do that. 
I mean, we just don't. I mean, I don't. I, I, I eat primarily raw fruit and vegetables. All right, I have a little salad dressing every now and then. But other than that, it's raw fruit and vegetables. I'll be 59 in August, running around at 12% body fat. And you can tell I have no energy. Right. Uh, yeah, you're very <laughs> sluggish today, Roger. What's that? You're very sluggish today, I can tell. Yeah, I know. You know, i got to tell you, i got to tell you, you'll, you'll like this. I like this. So I was explaining how the liver worked and uh, that liver and emotions are linked and, and that milk thistle was the worst herb on earth to use on the liver. Mm. And, uh, and it's in my book. And at first people are like, what? How could that be? It's in every liver formula out there until they look and they realize, oh, there's quite a few now that don't have it. They learn from me. Well, so milk thistle is a liver protector. Uh-huh. It protects the liver, which sounds great, until we understand that the liver protects us. It's mm-hmm. our bodyguard. It's our Army, Navy, Special Forces, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever. It's all of that. So when we take something like milk thistle, I only learn because I've built, built formulas, and when I was building a certain formula, all right, for liver, when I put milk thistle in, suddenly it didn't work. And people had insomnia, itchy skin, moody, irritable, upset, angry, mm-hmm. couldn't think straight, mm-hmm. low energy, lungs were congesting. All these are liver symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I took it out, tried it separately, and I couldn't get it right, no matter what I did. Any kind of life, any kind of, um, uh, of, of uh, milk thistle was wrong. So I then restudied the information, and there it was again, over and over. Milk thistle is a liver protector. Right. And that's when I put it together and said, oh, no. If we protect our protector, we're standing in front of our bulletproof vest and taking the bullet straight in. So that's what it does. And you can test it. And and so I was on a radio show with another guy. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he loved me. He did. But he said, I'm going to take you to task on this one thing. I said, you are? Okay. I was kind of shocked. And I realized I've been bamboozled into being attacked, but whatever. Sure. And uh, we're on a break, and he's told me this. And he says, ah, that hurts. He said, what? Oh, my right shoulder really hurt. Really? When did that start? Oh, two days ago. Really? What did you start doing two days ago? Oh, I did nothing. Oh, you did something. Come on. What would you do? Oh, I started on my liver cleanse. Oh, really? A liver cleanse? Really? So what's in your liver cleanse? Oh, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. With milk thistle, I know that one with milk thistle. That's like 30% milk thistle. Yeah, it is. Anyway, yeah, my vision has been bad, and I, I, my moves have been bad, and my right shoulder hurts, and I got this itch in the middle. Are you saying this is a milk thistle? I didn't say a thing. <laughs> what? You, wait. Well, all right. I, I can see the cause. Co- okay, I can see the cause and effect. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to you know, beat you the way I was. So we're going to go into something else because you have a lot in your book I like. So I want to have you back on in five weeks. Oh, no, make it eight weeks after I've done some testing. I want to do double blind, single blind. I want to do some testing and see if I can tell, my body can tell when it's there and when it's not. I said, okay. He has me back in, I guess it was more like 10 weeks. And he he goes on and we go on for about an hour about the, the dangers of milk thistle that mm-hmm. he is a believer, mm-hmm. and he did testing with his wife, with his staff, with himself, mm-hmm. with his kids. It was 100% across the board. For how long? So, for they did it for, what was it, uh, I guess it was four weeks each. Mm-hmm. 
and it never changed. Mm-hmm. It never, never, never changed. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting observation, probably a discussion for another time that you and I can probably visit when I'm out there in the ANMA convention. The interesting yeah, thing that you're bringing that. up is I think that there would be uh, a lot of herbalists across the country that would, would maybe take issue with that. And they do until <laughs> they look at it and actually test. And here's the thing. See, it's not like you can have a liver formula that has milk thistle in it and it doesn't work. It mills, it still may work. But when you take it out, it works infinitely better. And if you test it separately, and I don't care what kind of milk thistle you're using, it's not just the Chinese that said this or me that said this, uh-huh. it's also in the European herbal ph- pharmacopoeia uh-huh. uh, that milk thistle is a dangerous little herb. So when you test it separately, you see. It never, it never, ever varies. It always produces those same responses. Uh And so what I've concluded is that this old saying that's been written about forever, that milk thistle is a liver protector, oh, it's true. But it must be partially absent of more data. You know, it must say, the sentence probably said, milk thistle is a liver protector, and therefore it's not for internal use. Mm -hmm. Because I can't see why anyone would ever want to turn off their liver. Why wouldn't they want their liver involved? I mean, in, when they have their liver turned off, what we're left with is circulating blood through. Right. More times through, and we've weakened whatever was in the blood. Right. That's all we've done. We don't have the liver there to cleanse, to detoxify. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's have – maybe you can go do some research on your own because I know you want to and test it on your own. Right. Well, let me, let me just pause you right there because – in 21 years of clinical experience and seeing over yeah. 400 clients a month uh-huh. and using milk thistle based on Dr. Christopher's formulas, if you don't uh-huh. clear the bowel first, what you're describing is absolutely true. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. But if you clear the bowel yeah, first, it, milk thistles are a great part of a formula for the liver. And that's clinically well, proven. It, well, I would, I would love to look at that in detail and see what well it sounds like you already have i did yeah but i in other words i'd be willing to look at new cases and so forth and the interesting thing is i'm i'm uh, let's see what am i thinking here so what i'm wondering about is if you don't clear the bowel first you're absolutely right if you do not clear the bowel properly first so that the liver pancreas and lungs have some breathing room then yes, right. starting with formulas that contain that type of thing can have prolonged physical skin eye irritants. Absolutely. Yeah, but those when are you all don't cleanse, stuff. when you don't cleanse yeah. the when you don't yeah, it's symptoms of a liver that can't dump properly to the bowel. If you don't clear the bowel first, as John Christopher proved seventy years ago, right. in clinical clinical with people, uh, if you don't clear the pathways properly, then yeah, you're going to create a storm. Well, what I'm suspecting is taking place is this, is that given that milk thistle is an abhorrent, mm-hmm. to, it's absolutely abhorrent to the liver, mm-hmm. then perhaps what's happening is the liver is dumping, yes. but it's offline as it's doing it. Yes. Which means it goes right back to what I'm saying. Yes. It may be dumping, yes. but it's not fully, it's not then also doing its job. So Correct. we're, Correct. okay, so we're dumping out the dumpster, but we can't use the dumpster. <laughs> now you got it. So, so in that way, it's, I would say the same thing is true. It wouldn't change a thing. 
Oh, yeah, here, I'll give you a story that you'll love just because it's a great story. So I'm talking to doctors, you know, back in the early days of understanding what milk thistle does, and, and they say, oh, yeah, we sometimes put uh, patients on milk thistle detoxes for a year. Really? Wow. Yeah, a year. Wow. Yeah. And what do they notice? Oh, they can't sleep. Yeah. You know? sure. And they're in pain, and, and yep. their eyes hurt, and they yep. list all the liver symptoms. And I say, really? So how long does this go on for? Oh, well, until we stop. You're right. Uh -huh. And then what happens? Oh, well, then what happens is they feel much they better. They feel much so better. So, yeah, so it's like they put a clamp on the guy's head, yeah. and it tightens and tightens anyway, and they feel better afterwards. But in actual <laughs> testing, the liver has atrophied. It actually is atrophied, and thank God the liver is one of the only organs, the only organ we have that can rebuild itself. Well, wait a minute, that's not true. That's not Apparently, true. the whole body can because we right. learned that earlier. Sure. But the liver is the last one that we acknowledge. You can cut twenty-five percent of out, and it'll rebuild. Yeah. So, oh, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So, anywho, well, so where are we? Where are we, Doctor Dan? Where are we in our interview here? Well, we're doing great, Roger. I just I, and I appreciate you know the the enthusiasm. I, I think the topics that we've covered here are are uh, if at the very least timely for certain when you talk oh about boy. when you talk about the vaping side of thing. Um, you know the uh, the uh, the discussion of milk thistle and its involvement with liver and and how the body responds. I totally totally see that if you don't detoxify the body properly. Uh, other pathways in the body you're certainly going to create nothing but a storm and it has nowhere to go except to affect it in a negative way so i think you know this is these are the good things that we want to talk about well you know let me give you something that you'll really like so well because you haven't liked anything up to now i mean you know <laughs> okay so you've read my book you read a uh, diagnostic face reading so you probably read the chapter pissy moody kidneys right yes well, good. And so here is a little dissertation on kidneys. So people haven't got a clue what the kidneys do. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme. I apologize. Okay, so, people, so, uh, so the kidneys are constantly filtering. They work hand in glove with the liver. And they're also, going back to the name of the, name of the chapter, Pissy Moody Kidneys, uh -huh. they're the pissiest, moodiest, little suckers we've got now here's what i mean by that how many have you well how many of you listening and i can't see any hands so don't bother raising them and if you're driving your car keep your hands on the wheel okay so uh how many of you have noticed that when you go shopping or somewhere away from home you're coming home after a day and everything's been fine maybe you used the restroom maybe you didn't whatever it's okay but you get within two blocks or a block of your house and suddenly oh my god do i have to go and you can't get in your door fast enough and you're just fumbling through the door and you'll get a hatchet and chop down that door and you get in your house and god forbid there's anyone in the restroom because you're going to throw them out because you need that toilet because you've got to urinate <laughs> your kidneys have got to go well so what's going on well, you may, some of you have noticed when you were a little kid or boy or girl, because that's the only two choices that I know of. Anyway, <laughs> all right, there's a they out there, boy, girl, or they. Okay, so you may have noticed that yeah, your friend, or maybe it was you, sometimes couldn't go at your house, go number two. Sometimes they could beep, never number two. What's going on there? 
why is it in, in relationships, many people have this experience. I could never go in the beginning when I was around him or her. What's going on there? Hmm. What is the activity that's going on? Well, the kidneys, as I mentioned, are pissy, moody little suckers. So they vote constantly. They vote on who we're around, what they like, what they don't. And if there's an energy that's nearby that they don't like, they don't know, they're not used to, they lock up tighter than a drum. Mm -hmm. When we go away from home, what happens is the kidneys tighten up and they're looking around with their little kidney eyes. I've never seen a kidney eye, so don't ask me. So they're looking around, just noticing the environment and going, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. Uh Uh-oh, we could be in a desert. I don't know where we're going. This is not where I'm usually at home. So, uh, all right, I'm announcing to everybody down there and up there, no one's getting any water, no one's getting any fluid, and uh, the body's wondering, what's going on? And the colon pipes in and says, well, hey, what's up? What's up up there? Um, No one's getting any water down there. Well, why? I don't know where we're at. I don't know if there's any water nearby. We could be dying of thirst. I've got to conserve. Well, you're not going to go? No. All right, I'm not either. And then you're constipated, and this happens when you go on the road. Well, so literally, they have a homing device, and when we travel, when we're away from home, Mm -hmm. they don't like to operate. They tighten up. And so what's the key? Well, you've noticed you can go at the office. You've noticed you can go places you go often because your body has adjusted. Yeah. So when I travel, what I do is I travel with grapes, which you heard me say earlier. Sure. That's the kidney's favorite food. I don't eat the caffeine. I don't have the salt. I don't have the sugar. That's all they give you on an airline Mm. to lock you up and poison you so nothing works, especially your kidneys. And then they pressurize you in a cabin to 8,000 feet of elevation, which unless you live in Mexico City, you're not used to, or Denver, Colorado. Like, well, ah, so your body's wet of sorts. You get to the hotel room and you sleep. Of course, that's usually what happens. And then you wake up and you look in the mirror and there's the Pillsbury Doughboy or Dough Girl there. You've never seen anybody so swollen in your life. And you're wondering, what's the matter with me? Why am I swollen? It's your kidneys. They're lost and they're tight. And you look at that bed. It must be the bed. The bed's doing it. That's why I can't. I'm swollen. No. So when I travel, I take the food with me. The first thing I do is I find the health food store. I usually know where it is already. And load my hotel room up with all the fruit and vegetables I need. I have lots of water. And if I need to bring a pillow, and I don't, but if I did, I would. And I make it as friendly and as normal and as homey as it can possibly be. And here's a tip for you. Mm. If you're constipated and you're on the road, Mm -hmm. well, you're constipated, you're not home, you're on the road. And you can get to a produce section, your body loves produce Mm -hmm. be my guest go to a produce section and stand there just stand there walk around and you'll notice within a few moments that oh gee i i I can have a bowel movement now (laughs) no kidding really and for true and and by the way on bowel movements here here's something else that's just great so you ever uh ever eat the hot spicy food dr dan and you paid for it the next day love it yeah, but you paid for it, though. You remember sitting there going, oh, my God, that's hot. Remember? You remember? Hot, 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 hot. Okay, you do. Mm-hmm. And we've had that experience. You know, sure. Montezuma's Revenge. Okay. Well, what's going on? What is a colon formula? 
Well, the body runs on heat, as we know it, runs on temperature. So when we, uh, when it, when it's sick, one of the things it'll do is it will run a temperature. It'll get hotter. Well, if it's hot in the upper stomach, it'll vomit. If it's hot in the bowel, it will release. Mm -hmm. Every colon formula ever made is made of hot, spicy herbs Mm -hmm. that stimulate the bowel to release. Mm -hmm. Here's an old trick you can do at home if you don't have any formulas. And it's amazing and follows everything I'm saying. What you do is you get hot towels. You lay them across your abdomen. And you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And within a few moments or an hour, whatever it is, your body goes, oh, and it releases because you've convinced it it's in an immune system response and it behooves it to release this waste that's impacted. No kidding. So uh, hot towels, hot spicy foods, Mm. hot colon formula, Mm. all doing the same thing. By the way, that's also why people think when they drink coffee, that it's somehow a bowel stimulant? No. It's actually causing the body to retain water and and psychopathically release water, and then the, the colon releases as a flushing action, but more that it's been heated from the fluid dropping right into the intestines, right into the colon, yeah. and it's raised the temperature a half a degree to agree, and the body says, get rid of that. So <laughs> there you go. Always words of wisdom and lots of pearls of excited truth. I love talking with you, Roger. <laughs> excited truth. I should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's that's like you. That's like an email of a book. Excited truth. <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't wait to hook up with you in August out in, uh, in Vegas. I'll be out there this year. That'll be so fun. That'll be so fun. Anything I can answer for you in the next minute and a half. You know what? I think we're in good shape, Roger. I thank you so much for being a part of the Total Wellness Radio episode 172. And uh, for all of you listening, we want to make certain that you are able to get in touch with Roger. Be sure and check out his website, rogerbazanis, B-E-Z-A-N-I-S dot com. Email him directly at rogerbazanis at AOL dot com. Anything else you want? Any any parting comments? Uh, Yes. Uh, bet on green or bet on red. I don't know what that means, but it means something to someone. So there you go. <laughs> bet on green. I thought sounds like the cruciferous veggies are getting in there. Yes, yes, yes. It was a combination of Las Vegas and veggies. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, always go on green. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Always go on green. There you go, man. Uh, I there can't you take go. me anywhere. Yeah, I'll take you everywhere. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Have a great one. That will do it for Total Wellness Radio. Thank you once again for tuning in. And just to mention as a reminder, don't forget about our six-day mentorship program for practitioners who really want to thrive in the natural wellness industry and build a long-lasting, sustainable, prosperous business. We do a six-day hands-on immersion where for four days, you follow me and my staff around. We see well over 120 people in clinical practice. Plus, we spend day five in the classroom putting your practice all together on paper in the practice creation form. And finally, day six, hands-on drilling with nutritional kinesiology, one of the most effective ways to evaluate a client's needs that there is today. So for reaching out to us on that, just call me directly, 307-631-5300, the number 307-631-5300 for more information 
on our six-day mentorship program. And thank you once again for tuning in to Total Wellness Radio.